the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Tim Hudak is here, former leader of Ontario's Conservatives. He's now with the Ontario Real Estate Association. Adjua Insia Yabois is our traffic specialist at News Talk 1010. Lawyer and professor and activist Pamela Palmater also on the panel today. Uh, I'd like to start with something we've only recently talked about on the show. So let me ask you about the NDP. And uh, they would like to ban advertising for online gambling. And uh, Tim Hudak, I'll start with you. You can probably weigh in on whether or not some independent members' bills actually do go ahead. Others are just sort of grandstanding. Yeah, look, it's always good to put alternative choices there that might become part of party platform down the road. But I'd vote no. I'd, I'd vote clearly no. And I'd have some fun with this if I were still in the legislature. Number one, you know, I, I'm just tired of the coddling, right? If it's a legal activity, if, if the government sanctions it and licenses it, I'm tired of the nannyness that tells me what kind of decisions I can make when it comes to advertising and a waste of resources when we have other important security and law enforcement <laughs> issues to deal with. And, and number Number two, you, you can't be half pregnant on this. So you're going to ban online casinos and advertising, but it's okay for the government-run major casinos to, to do these operations. It's okay for the government slot operations to do this. It's okay for the government to really promote drinking where they get a lot of tax dollars. So it's a hypocritical as well, John, to bring this forward narrowly. If you're against it as a whole, then ban it. But otherwise, you're half pregnant. Yeah, Pamela Palmater, there, there are very persuasive arguments, as Tim Hudak has just made, that were kind of complicit in all of this. Well, I, I'm not so sure about that because I haven't seen anywhere in the legislation or the proposed one that they want to ban all online gaming. It's about the advertising that reaches people who struggle with addictions. It's kind of like you don't see a thousand cigarette commercials anymore because of people who struggle with addictions. Cigarettes aren't illegal. Online gambling's not illegal. But is there a need to to advertise it? You have to balance that corporate interest with the interest of people who who suffer from addictions and lose their families, lose their homes, lose everything. So I think it's actually a good idea. They can still go online gambling. There isn't a single person who gambles who doesn't know where to go for online gambling. Okay. And Adway and see why I'm kind of like a, a suffragette from the last century when it comes to gambling. Uh, they campaigned against booze. I hate gambling. I loathe everything to do with gambling. So I don't mind if we ban advertising of gambling. I'm with you, John. I just feel if you're advertising, you're trying to get new people to gamble, which creates a new addiction. If you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. You don't need advertising to force you to do it. And that's going to reach younger audiences, too, because if you go online, it's not like you see what ads you know. So if you're a young kid that's not of legal age, uh, you can see these ads and you're just waiting to be of a particular age and start gambling. And that creates an addiction problem. Like Pamela said, they're not advertising cigarettes anymore because they know just how harmful it is. Gambling, me per, to me personally, is at that same level. So I agree with this bill. We're already doing it in Ontario. It's not a big deal. Nobody's saying you can't gamble, but you don't need that additional factor to get you to go gamble and create a whole myriad of problems for the individual and the individual's family. I think we're in a new phase and perhaps the final phase of the mayor's election race. And while I was hesitant to put Mark Saunders on the show this morning, I decided to do so because it's a fairly significant change when you launch a website that says Stop Olivia Chow. So Pamela Palmater, um, let me ask you something I asked Mark Saunders. Is it a sign of weakness that 
that he has decided, all right, it's not about whether I'm the best candidate. It's we all have to get together and defeat Olivia Chow. Yes, 100 percent. It's also very misogynistic the way they categorize it as attacks on Olivia Chow. That's that's not the way that's not the kind of leader I would want to vote for. I would want to vote for someone who says, here is my campaign. Here is what I'm going to work towards. And I'm going to work with everybody to get this done, whether or not you vote for me uh, versus, hey, my my mission now is just to attack or tear apart or tear down Olivia Chow. Good grief. Uh, Tim Hudak, this, you know, the other aspect to what he's doing is he's hoping other candidates are going to drop out and back him. I don't see that happening. It needs to, right? Uh, it needs to. If, if uh, there's a significant number of people who are terrified of Olivia Chow and what she stands for becoming mayor, so you need to galvanize opinion around an alternative. What, what's, what's happening behind the scenes, John, is that the talks I thought would happen where candidates make trade-offs and decide who they're going to get behind are, are not even happening at this point in time. We're running out of time. So I do think it's actually a smart move by Saunders. If they're not going to get the backroom deal, then to go out in front and say, I'm the guy and try to be the lightning rod for those who are afraid of Olivia Chow. It's a smart move. His campaign has been less impressive than I hoped it would be. He has a lot of advantages former police chief when crime is a big issue, but I do like this move. Okay. Adjua, I'm not boosting her, but I still don't quite understand why some people see, uh, you know, Olivia Chow as the devil. And the, But it's a persuasive campaign, I'm sure, in launching, just opening up on her as a rival. Uh, yeah, it does. It creates vitriol, and sometimes that gets people to act. Uh, people use um, sort of hate ads on purpose because that'll get your attention and make you look. And then if you are so against this person, listen, you can disagree with somebody politically, but yeah, painting her out to be uh, the devil incarnate uh, for me would not work for me. I, I'm going particularly on policy issues in terms of that. So he's doing this. It will. It, it's worked in the past, so It'll work for a particular base. I don't know if people are not dropping out of the race. It looks like it. it's Olivia Chow that's going to be mayor unless something drastically happens and something comes up that we don't know about her and her past. But I, I don't think anything's changing. Interesting think piece in the Globe and Mail today about adult children supporting their parents because their parents didn't save enough for retirement. Maybe, Tim, I'll start with you because I guess there's a real estate angle to this because in some cases, yeah, you're going to support your your parents on their monthly expenses, but you're going to inherit $1.2 million worth of real estate. Yeah, I, I was surprised at this because when we've done our, our studies on this, and, and listeners can see it at OREA, O-R-E-A dot com, we, we found the opposite, that a significant number of uh, retirees right, are helping their kids get to the market. That's an advantage you have. You come from a family that owns a home, has paid it off, or comes from some wealth, compared to those that that don't. And we saw, you know, up to hundred thousand dollars in in gifts uh, or loans. So this is the reverse. I guess it's a bit old school, right? This is the reason generations ago you had lots of kids to take up work on the farm or provide for you. And we didn't have retirement programs, but it was an eye opener to find out that many have not saved enough. I usually find it's the opposite, where they're helping the next generation get into a home. Okay, hey, Adjoy, is this going to prompt any conversations with your parents? <laughs> um, listen, as uh, our older generation, they get older and baby boomers start to get a lot older. Um, things have happened and they're living longer, too. And people are getting sicker and diseases because you're living older, diseases you didn't see 
are ballooning. So that is a factor in what your money and your retirement looks like. People maybe were living until 60 and they were actually fit and healthy and maybe just dropped dead and didn't need that extended period of time for help and care. I think in that article, it said the number one reason was health issues were the reason why people um, in that middle were taking care of their parents. So I'm not really surprised by this conversations to be had. Yes, <laughs> I think I'm good. But in terms of what is going on, I, I'm not surprised by this at all. And uh, we all t have to take a look at as we age, what that's going to look like for retirement, because a lot of people's retirement, the money that they put into it is not enough to sustain them over an extended period of time. Yeah, well, it's funny because this all coincides with uh, my partner and I having long conversations with a financial planner to figure out what our retirement looks like. Pamela, I have to think there could be a rollover effect here because if you're paying to look after your parents, you're not saving money for your own retirement. Yeah, and you know, the title of those kinds of news articles are really misleading as if they didn't save enough we have over five million canadians that live in poverty and that includes the ones who are working uh who are precariously employed single mothers my mother was a single mother my whole life she was a nurse and always lived under the poverty line she doesn't have a cent to her name she couldn't she had to rent her whole life and there's millions of canadians like that with no supports from the government or otherwise in terms of their retirement so it's not just a matter of they didn't choose to save the lack of social supports is putting us in a scenario where there's going to be multiple generations that carry that burden which just gets worse you know how the rich get richer well the poor get poorer and especially when it comes to people living longer and retirement and the lack of social supports uh, only 60 seconds on the clock, so chance to take one last kick at the can. Um, I'll go to Tim Hudak on this. Uh, the guy who allegedly threatened the candidates for mayor got bail yesterday, even though he's out on bail for a sexual assault. Uh, out, outrageous. Uh, unbelievable on all of those accounts. If I needed another shock to the system of why our bail system is badly broken, this is a prime candidate. Fix this system. This is a poster child of what has gone wrong. Thank you all. Good to have you this morning. Adjoa Nsia Yabois, Pamela Palmater, and Tim Hudak. Uh, Jerry Agar is going to be here from 9 to noon, as he is every day. And he was especially animated this morning. Uh, I'm looking forward because she's popping up from her studio right now. I'm going to have a conversation that I'll share with you tomorrow. Um, one of those days where I just dropped the name of the person. Yeah, Marilyn Dennis. Thank you very much. Marilyn Dennis is popping in because her TV show is going off the air tomorrow after some 10 years or so. And I always thought she has shone on radio and she shines on TV, but she's walking away from that. Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.